Wellness. What is it? Is it for a practicing Muslim? Let's explore the similarities between Islam and popular wellness beliefs and practices as we discuss wellness in Islam. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to all of my Muslim sisters and brothers. Peace and greetings to any non-Muslim listeners. I'm your host, Dr. Walina Brooks, and you are listening to Wellness in Islam. In this particular episode, we'll be discussing the concept of mindsets. Mindsets, whether you're aware of them or not, have given them much thought or not, or subscribe to one or two or three of them or not, mindsets definitely play a huge part in our lives and in our well-being. If my memory serves me correctly, I believe the first time I ever really heard much about the significance of mindsets was probably in chiropractic school. The chiropractic approach to health and well-being is quite different than that of allopathic medicine or healthcare. That's a topic for a whole nother day. But in short, as chiropractors, we focus a lot on the entire person or being, making us, so to speak, one of the first healthcare professions to focus on wellness. So while we definitely recommend chiropractic care to our patients, specifically the chiropractic adjustment, we also stress the importance of other health promoting concepts such as having a positive outlook or having a positive mindset. A positive outlook or mindset is crucial in situations of disease, illness, pain, or suffering. What is meant by having a positive outlook or mindset is nothing more than believing that your situation, whatever that may be, can improve. You can get better. You can feel better. You can be healthy, you can be well. As opposed to a negative mindset or outlook that convinces you that you'll always be sick, you'll never get well, you'll always be in pain, or you'll always be unhealthy. I'm certain that it is in fact the positive outlook, and Allah knows best, that research subjects have when participating in studies that actually improves their condition or their symptoms, even though they're receiving the sham medication or therapy, right? Study after study, whenever you have different groups, you have a control group, you have your subject group. And one of those groups is going to receive sham medication, perhaps like a sugar pill Um, in regards to chiropractic research. There's some putting of the hands on a particular patient or subject in a way that they may believe if they're somewhat unfamiliar with chiropractic adjustments that they did in fact receive an adjustment. And I would argue that it's that expectation that there is going to be some improvement by way of this treatment even though it's a sugar pill, even though they really didn't get adjustment, that actually helps to improve their symptoms. 
Now, in research, in science, they call it placebo. But again, I would argue that some of that is in fact related to the positive outlook or mindset of the individual. Some people believe that there are really only two types of mindsets. And they have generally termed these mindsets fixed versus growth. Fixed is that the situation, the mindset I should say, is that the situation is the way it is. And it will never change no matter what you do. That is pretty much what I just described as having a negative outlook or mindset. The situation is just the way it is. Whereas growth mindset, which is pretty similar to what I uh, basically explained as a positive mindset, is that the situation can change depending on what we're talking about. The situation can change if you work hard, if you adapt to different feedback, if you implement strategies, if you do the physical activity, you change your diet, right? If you put forth some effort, then the situation can change. That is what some call growth. Others may call a positive mindset. Because as you'll see, these two mindsets, fixed versus growth, in general are opposites, which is very similar to what I said, where one is positive and the other is negative. We could also say one is optimistic while the other is pessimistic. Now, depending on what conversation is being had, these two mindsets will be called by other names. It's very popular right now, the scarcity mindset versus an abundance mindset. And these two mindsets, so to speak, focus on what I believe to really just be worldly success. The scarcity mindset feels as if there isn't enough success, there isn't enough wealth, there isn't enough fame, or whatever measurement we're using for success to go around. There is not enough of whatever it is for us all to have some. So I'm somewhat in competition with everybody else. Whereas the abundance mindset believes that everyone can have a share in whatever those uh, milestones of success may be, whether it's wealth, it's fame, it's popularity, right? There's enough to essentially go around. And we, in fact, don't have to be in any type of unhealthy competition with one another to achieve it. In other conversations, mindsets, still one is positive, one is negative, may take on the labels of a confident mindset versus a fear mindset. The confident mindset is going to be one in which a person believes in themselves. They believe in their abilities and their potential. This person believes that they are in fact capable of achieving great things, no matter what anyone else may think or say. Whereas the person who operates more from a fear type of mindset, they're always going to expect the worst and are afraid of failure. 
They're afraid of what other people think. They're afraid of disappointing other people. And so the confident person, right, who has that confident mindset is actually going to take chances. They're going to try to accomplish whatever goal they have. Whereas the fearful person, the person operating from the fear type of mindset, this person will probably be, so to speak, paralyzed by their fear and thus they never actually strive to meet their goals. Now, those are some of the most popular or trendy mindsets that you hear about. But the possibilities are really endless because hopefully you're starting to see that the mindset is really all about a person's mental attitude or inclination. And therefore, it can and it will differ from person to person. Mindsets are important because they are intrinsically correlated to our motivation and our drive. They're related to our decision-making, our day-to-day actions, and the use of our free will. What you oftentimes will see is that some people make it an either-or type of situation. You're either a positive person, you've adopted this positive mindset, or you're a negative person, you've adopted this negative mindset. And they almost act as if my shift, mindsets, excuse me, can't shift or change. And then there are those like myself that believe that mindsets absolutely shift and change. Many people see Islam as nothing more than a set of rules that must be followed and physical acts of worship. And for sure, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with a law and has informed us of those acts of worship that he accepts and is pleased with. But hopefully, any Muslim listening to this podcast knows that it is not limited to just rules or physical acts of worship. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes those individuals who will be successful frequently in the Quran as those who believe and do righteous deeds. So we see that faith or iman is a prerequisite, so to speak, for every righteous or good deed that we can possibly do. As Muslims, as people who testify to La ilaha illallah wa Muhammad Rasulullah, there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah, and that Muhammad was his messenger. It is our faith or iman that should guide our decisions, our actions, and beliefs. And this is why. I just previously said that I believe that mindsets can shift and change. Because as we're about to discuss, it is in fact our iman that will foster our mindsets, right? And we know it's a principle in Islam that iman increases and it decreases. 
And so, again, seeing our Iman as fostering our mindset, it is, being, it is the motivation behind what we do, what we say, what we believe, right? It is, in fact, creating and developing the Muslim mindset. What I find so amazing about this Muslim mindset is that when you compare it to some of the mindsets I previously mentioned, you'll see that it is exactly what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the 110th ayat of Surah Al-Imran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says what means, you are the best nation raised up for mankind. You enjoy what is right and forbid what is wrong and you believe in Allah, right? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is what gives us the ability to enjoin what is right and forbid what is wrong. We also know from a particular ayat, ayat 143 in Surah Al-Baqarah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to us as a just or middle nation. Based on Allah's guidance and the sunnah of his Rasul, وسلم, we find ourselves in the middle of some of these mindsets, which I think, taken at face value, tend to be relatively extreme. I'm going to focus primarily on the scarcity and the abundance mindset in this particular podcast, because this one tends to show up a lot now. If, again, if you listen to any uh, YouTuber who speaks about self-development or participate in any type of conversations where the goal is self-development, whether that be uh, increasing your finances, working on yourself as a person, right? There's a lot of conversation around the abundance mindset and its opposite is the scarcity mindset. Now, just to recap, let's review what the definition is of the scarcity mindset. The scarcity mindset is one in which a person feels that there isn't enough success, there isn't enough money, there isn't enough wealth, there isn't enough fame, or whatever it is to go around, right? There isn't enough for everyone. Now, because of the negative connotation associated with such a mindset, I don't think you're going to have too many people promoting this type of mindset, right? I don't think you're going to find YouTubers or podcasters or anyone of the sort advocating to have such a mindset. But whether it's promoted or not, the truth is we see actions from this type of mindset quite often. A scarcity mindset is going to absolutely bring about unhealthy competition, jealousy, envy, bad deeds in regards to a spiritual uh, type of situation, as well as criminal behavior, like legal criminal behavior or illegal, I should say, criminal behavior, right? 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Baqarah, Ayat 268. Satan threatens you with poverty and orders you to immorality. While Allah promises you forgiveness from him and bounty. And Allah is all encompassing and knowing. Right? And so here we have Allah telling us that uh, scarcity type of uh, mindset, thought process, right? Being fearful of poverty. This is all from shaitan, right? While in this same ayat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises us forgiveness from him and bounty. And so this ayat, subhanAllah, could actually be used when I'm making my next point about abundance. But just keeping in line with what we were talking about as far as the scarcity, we can see from this ayat that this type of mindset, right, thinking that there isn't necessarily enough of whatever it is, this is actually from shaitan. And any actions that then come about with this type of belief, this type of mindset, this type of outlook is going to also be evil. Now, hopefully... No one thinks for a minute that I'm denying or as Muslims, we should deny the fact that scarcity or poverty exists. We absolutely know that poverty is real. But we should also know that poverty is a state or a condition and states and conditions change. In fact, Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu reported that the messenger of Allah said, he who suffers poverty and seeks relief from people, he will not be relieved. But he who seeks relief from Allah, he will be relieved sooner or later. And so here the Prophet in this hadith, which can be found in Riyadh al-Salihin, is informing us that poverty exists a person may suffer from it. But for a person who seeks relief from Allah alone, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will relieve him of that poverty sooner or later. So again, yes, poverty, scarcity absolutely exists. But it is a condition that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can change. For those of us who keep to the morning or evening hopefully both Azkar or remembrances, we say three times in each of those what means, Oh Allah, grant my body health. Oh Allah, grant my hearing health. Oh Allah, grant my sight health. None has the right to be worshipped except you. Oh Allah, I take refuge with you from disbelief and poverty. And I take refuge with you from the punishment of the grave. None has the right to be worshipped except you. So again, in this dua that some of us say several times a day, we are acknowledging that poverty or scarcity is real. But we should never adopt it as a mindset and ignore the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has control over everything and can very well change such a situation. When it comes to 
the abundance mindset. This is one that you are likely going to hear on tons of podcasts, on top of on tons of YouTube videos, and any kind of conversations pertaining to uh, wealth or financial well-being. It's literally everywhere. It seems like today. Again, this mindset believes that everyone can have a share in whatever measure of success we're looking at here. Um, Whether it's money again, it's wealth, it's fame, it's popularity, it's business. This mindset says that there is enough of all of this to go around and that we don't have to be in any type of unhealthy competition because of it. Now, I don't personally have an issue with this particular mindset. I don't think most people do, actually. I believe that this, with a bit of tweaking, is definitely something supported by Islam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. I think my issue with the way that it's being expressed nowadays is that, for one, they usually attribute this abundance to the universe, right? And some of you may have been in a conversation with someone or, again, listening to some type of podcast or what have you, heard someone say, the universe is abundant. The universe is abundant, right? And it also seems to be spoken um, a lot in of a lot in relation to manifestation. It seems like I'm hearing these two things almost used interchangeably, right? Um, I I do plan on some point in time doing a episode on manifestation, um, but just know that in a very basic general type of way, manifestation is something that is being promoted now that for the most part, all a person has to do is picture or envision a certain thing happening, acquiring a certain thing, living a certain type of lifestyle, and that thing will actually come true, right? It will actually manifest. And so again, They're constantly talking about manifestation and this abundance mindset. And so it's like the universe, which is abundant, is working for your good. And so whatever it is that you uh, want or what have you, just believe it and it will manifest. Right. A stuck for a law, stuck for a law, stuck for a law. This is the type of conversation that is occurring right now around this abundance type of mindset. But going back to our mindset, the Muslim mindset, we absolutely have an abundance aspect to it, right? We believe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not the universe is al-ghani. He is the self-sufficient and he is al-razak. He is the provider. Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah An-Naml, Ayat 64, is he who begins creation and then repeats it and who provides for you from the heaven and the earth, not best? Is there a deity with Allah? Say, produce your proof if you should be truthful. 
And he says in Al Ankabut, Ayat 60, And how many a creature carries not its own provision? Allah provides for it and for you. And he is the hearing, the knowing. Right? So we know that it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who provides for all of the creation. Not the universe or anything else for that matter. However, unlike their false understanding of abundance and this false belief in what they are terming manifestation, we know that Allah gives to whom he wills and withholds from whom he wills. And Allah is wise in all that he does. Therefore, as Muslims, we don't believe that we can manifest or achieve anything except that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows. And despite our best, hardest, most consistent efforts when it comes to this dunya, we're only going to get whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written for us. But this aspect of our Muslim mindset should encourage us to seek that which we desire from that which is permissible, of course, despite that thing being possessed by others. For example, for the Muslim who wants to become an entrepreneur, they're not going to be deterred by the fact that there are already however many businesses offering the same product or service. They know that their provision is with Allah and they will get whatever Allah has for them of customers, of business, of profits. They put in the work and leave the rest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is tawakkul. This is reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Aside from them attributing this abundance, them being non-Muslims, hopefully non-Muslims only, right? Aside from some of them attributing this abundance to something other than Allah, once again, they're really big on the universe. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide them. Our mindset differs from theirs in a couple of ways. Just because Allah is Al-Ghani, just because Allah is Al-Razak, just because Allah is Al-Kareem, it doesn't mean that we're all entitled to receiving whatever we want from Allah's bounty. For many non-Muslims, this abundance mindset is their motivation in their quest for wealth and access. Whereas our belief or mindset that Allah is Al-Razak, that Allah is Al-Kareem, that Allah is Al-Ghani, encourages us to seek our needs from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to be grateful for whatever he gives us. Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu reported Allah's messenger وسلم, is saying, O Allah, make the provision of Muhammad's family sufficient just to sustain life. And that can be found in Sahih Muslim. So here the Prophet وسلم, wasn't looking for access. He wasn't looking for more than what was necessary, right? And we know that it is zuhud, right? To only take from this life what you need from it. And we know from other hadith, and I'm just going to paraphrase here, 
we know that the Prophet has said that a person who awakens with their family, with security and good health, and has enough provision for the day, it's as though he actually possessed the whole world, right? So, again, with the version of abundance that has become quite popular as of late and is being pushed, they are using this abundance mindset as a motivation or an encouragement to do whatever Allah knows best to actually achieve some type of worldly goal. Like I said, more than not, it's being spoken of in a way that, yeah, you can have it too. You can have the money. You can have the fancy cars. You can have this. You can have that. Right. Um, Where our abundance mindset, right, from our Muslim mindset is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is rich, right? He, all bounty is with him. And so we recognizing that abundance, we make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so when it comes to the scarcity versus abundance mindset, you'll see that as Muslims, we are in the middle. We recognize that scarcity and poverty exists, but we realize that it is also a state that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can change. And likewise, we recognize Allah as being al-ghani, but we don't think that we're necessarily entitled to whatever from his bounty that we want. And I think that if we were to look at a lot of the other trendy or popular mindsets being discussed, we'd find that, again, our Muslim mindset puts us in the middle. If we should find that not to be the case, guess what? We should know that whatever Allah and his messenger have given us in regard to whatever that is, is the best understanding and belief to have or action to take. It's important for us to understand the concept of mindsets as it gives us an insight into the intentions and motives behind people's statements, their actions, and their agendas. And in today's times, it's so easy because to some degree, people are wearing their mindsets on their sleeves, broadcasting them almost. And so I just wanted to come on and have this podcast serve as a reminder to myself And to all of you that no matter what mindset is put before us as a tool of self-development or as a means to achieving success, the Muslim mindset is the only one truly based on truth. And it is through reading of the Quran and reading and implementing the Sunnah that our Muslim mindset will take form and be shaped. Again, hopefully this served as a reminder to you all as it did to me. And until next time, I leave you in the care of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I sincerely hope that you all enjoyed today's episode. 
and by Allah's permission, benefited from it in some kind of way. Please be sure to check the show notes for any links or approximate translations of Arabic words or phrases I may have used. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your family and friends. Lastly, anything that I said that was correct is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And anything I said that was incorrect is from my own self and the evil of shaitan. Subhanaka lahumma wa bihamdik Ash'adu an la ilaha illa ant Astaghfiraka wa atubu ilayk